everyone. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the SQ Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Sales. Uh, and this is the uh, next edition of my yearly uh, NFL over-under win total season prediction, just overall season preview. So excited to do this with you guys. Just going to be me today, but you know, pretty standard drill. I feel like people that have listened to this before, you kind of know what to expect at this point. So I found all of these uh, over-under win totals courtesy of... I actually do not remember where I got these from. So I will try and look that up later and I will give credit subsequently. But thank you to the uh, anonymous internet sports book that gave me these win totals. It was DraftKings. Actually, I'm just remembering now. All right. Thank you, DraftKings. Not sponsoring me. They should, but that's a separate conversation. So uh, I'm going to start with the first segment here. We're going to do the AFC. And then uh, after that, we'll go into the NFC, kind of like I usually do. Uh, no rhyme or reason to the order. I just kind of went down the... Uh, ESPN standings like as they list them so that's why we did it so we'll go division by division and we're going to start as we typically do with the AFC East so uh, we have Bills who are at 10 and a half and they are I'm going to give them the over because uh, I think overall they should still be pretty fine um, you know they've got all the that top end talent that's been keeping them in contention the last couple of years Josh Allen's still a really good quarterback I don't really see why that has to change I don't really think that that's going to matter much um, I do think they're going to be a little bit closer to the pack than they have been. You know, I think they've very much been in that top tier of NFL teams probably the last three years or so. But uh, I think there's some cause for concern a little bit, uh, as we saw at the end of the year. Uh, I think both the lines are a little shaky. I mean, as we saw, the offensive line didn't really get a lot of push in the run game. They weren't particularly helping Josh Allen out uh, in the pass game either. Um, and the defensive line, I'm a little worried about with the pass rush, uh, just because Von Miller is going to be out for at least a month. And he is 35 coming off of a second ACL tear in the same knee. And I think you have to question whether he's going to be able to come back, uh, you know, at, at the same state that he was beforehand, because he was really, really good for Buffalo uh, before that. But I don't think it's really reasonable to expect him to just be Von Miller again, uh, especially early. Um, and without him, you know, even before he gets back, uh, they have Leonard Floyd, who they signed, and he's just not really a number one pass rusher. Uh, I mean, we saw he was uh, one of a, a long line of guys that the Rams had been bringing in as complimentary pass rushers to Aaron Donald. And that worked really well for them. But outside of that, I mean, I don't think Leonard Floyd has really done much uh, to warrant, you know, that kind of uh, that hype. And just purely on the basis of expecting him to be the number one pass rusher, I think they might struggle a little bit there. Because uh, then otherwise you're looking at like Shaq Lawson. And, you know, I, I wouldn't exactly say that Shaq Lawson is another guy who you want to be like your lead pass rusher. Um, so I think that might be a bit of an issue for them. But um, as we'll get into a little bit, I think the division overall is a little overrated. So I think they should still be fine. I mean, they've got a high floor with them, right? I'm not trying to poo-poo all the stuff that they've done the last couple of years. And I still think that they'll be pretty good this year. But I think they'll probably hover around like 11 wins as opposed to like anything higher than that, really. Uh, next up, we've got the Jets, uh, nine and a half. And they are going to go under that. Um, I, I know a lot of people are really in on this Jets team this year. Um and I, I just thought about it for a couple of weeks and I, I'm just having a lot of trouble getting myself to buy into it uh, for a lot of reasons, actually. Um, I, I mean, we should start with what's good. I mean, that defense is really, really good. It was great last year and it should still be good this year. I don't, I don't really think there's any reason to think that they won't be. Um, the, the problem uh, is the offense. I think people are just kind of taking for granted a lot of things that I don't think you're necessarily able to do. Um, for instance, you know, Aaron Rodgers is obviously no matter what, he's an upgrade over Zach Wilson. I, I would never try and argue otherwise, but Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. He is 39 years old. Um, he's coming off of a broken thumb, which affected him all last season. Uh, obviously, you know, it's probably healed by now, but 
you know, he's getting older and it's harder for these guys to keep bouncing back. I think Brady is largely going to be seen as an anomaly in that regard, playing as well as he did deep into his 40s. Um, and I think there's also something to be said for having to adjust to a completely new environment that is different than what you have been used to your entire career. Um, not that Aaron Rodgers is Russell Wilson. I'm not trying to say that, but I think Russell Wilson definitely showed us last year. You can certainly get entrenched in the way that you do things, and it can be really hard to adjust to a new environment. And I just don't think it, it should be taken for granted that Rodgers is going to just hit the ground running with all these guys. Um, in particular, I think because uh, their O-line is very shaky and injury prone. I mean, if you look at their guys, you have Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson, and Connor McGovern are all of the veteran guys who at this point in their careers are uh, anywhere between, you know, not great and fine when they play, but they're all a little bit older and they've all been banged up at times. So they wouldn't exactly call them reliable necessarily. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker is a very talented right guard who is coming off of a serious injury last year. And, you know, I, I think he should probably be fine, but still it's another guy coming off an injury and you don't really know dependability wise um, where he'll be. And then you have Mackay Becton who has played one game in the last two years and his rookie season played very, very well, but he really hasn't played in two years. And we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. And I don't really think there's much of a given at all that he's going to stay on the field consistently. And as we've seen, I mean, if you don't have a good O-line, that can just completely kill anything you have on offense, uh, which I think, again, you could maybe mitigate a little bit if you had a lot of elite pass catchers and whatnot. But I think they're kind of overrated in that regard. I, like, I don't think this is the dream team where this team is just terrible, actually. But, I mean, you look at their receivers, and Garrett Wilson obviously was a, a stud last year. And we, and we all know how good he is now. But you're looking at Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, who have both spent the last two years just very banged up. Randall Cobb is... I mean, the fact that Randall Cobb is still walking around on an NFL field is amazing, just given how old he is. Um, and then your your fourth wide receiver is Mecole Hardman, who isn't, seemingly has not just seized a role at all and wasn't really a receiver in the Chiefs' offense so much more as just a playmaker taking advantage of the attention spent elsewhere uh, on that team. And then your tight ends are Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama, who, you know, aren't particularly explosive or anything. I mean, they can make a nice catch here and there, but that's about it. Um, Brees Hall is coming off an ACL, and it sounds like his recovery is slow. Um, and they signed Dalvin Cook, which I think was probably the right move to make. But Dalvin Cook also, I mean, was coming off of a down year. I mean, he certainly seemed to have lost some of that explosion and, and burst that made him the, the player that he was for a couple of years. Um, so, I mean, I think they have some nice pieces, but to act like this is a particularly loaded team that Rogers is going to be able to just hit the ground running and go back to the way that he was um, prior to last year in green Bay. I'm just a little skeptical and you know, the media attention that they've gotten, I, I try to, you know, not talk about a lot of that stuff every now and then, but it just seems like the, this is a team that is very much bought into its own hype. Uh, and a lot of people are trying to push the narrative of how successful these guys will be. I'm, I'm just not really sold on it. Um, so th that's my take there. So I'm going to the under, I don't know if that's going to bring up pitchforks from a lot of people. We'll see, but uh, that's where I'm at with them. Uh, and then the Dolphins, I've got a nine and a half, and I'm also taking the under there. Um, and I think ultimately it's just really tough um, to bank on Tua. I mean, staying healthy. The, the concussion issues that plagued him last year are really, really concerning. And, I mean, you hope that he's going to be okay and that there's not any lasting damage done there. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, he's learning how to fall by doing, was it is it judo or, or jujitsu? That's what it is. Uh, which is great, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you're getting slaughtered by a, a defensive tackle, it's hard to learn how to fall if you're just getting landed on like that. So you just never know. And when he's already got a bit of a pre-existing issue, it's it's really concerning. Um, and not to mention, I mean, their O-line has been a struggle for the last couple of years. And they signed Teron Armstead, who's a very, very good offensive lineman. But 
one tackle doesn't really change that. I mean, you're still playing uh, Liam Eikenberg and uh, Austin Jackson, a couple of these guys. They just haven't really proven that they're consistent NFL offensive linemen who, you know, when you need to protect two as much as you can, I'm just, I'm just a little concerned in that regard. Um, and then also defensively, uh, they hired Vic Fangio, which is probably one of the best hires that was made all offseason, and he's great. But um, I think we've seen before, it can take a year or so maybe to adjust to a new scheme uh, defensively for a lot of players, uh, just because, you know, that's the nature of how defense it works. It just takes a while to, to settle in. Um, and, and their secondary worries me a lot, too. Um, because Jalen Ramsey, who they traded for, you know, was pretty good. He took a step back last year, but he should still be pretty good. But he blew his knee out, and he's not going to be out until I think it was December at the earliest. So now you're looking at um, Xavier Howard, and then uh, in his place will be uh, Cater Kahukuho. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I apologize. I should have looked at this beforehand. They were starting Eli Apple, but I think they released him, which is uh, probably the way to go, uh, if I'm being honest. Um yeah, they did. They did. Uh, it looks like they did release Eli Apple in training camp. I should have looked this up beforehand. Man, they pulled a fast one on me, didn't they? Um, anyways, uh, Javon Holland took a bit of a step last year. Last year too in the secondary, and I don't know how much it got talked about once the Dolphins, like Tua, got hurt and the Dolphins were fairly out of the discussion. But um, the Xavier Howard took a step back last year. Uh, it was really hard for him. Uh, he, he wasn't making plays on the ball nearly as much as he used to. Uh, he was getting burned by speed a little bit more. Uh, I mean, we saw T Higgins kind of manhandle him uh, in the, the game where two got hurt initially, actually. Um, and I just worry about that secondary a lot. Um, the front seven should still be, it should be pretty good. I mean, we know how good Christian Wilkins is and Jalen Phillips uh, really showed out last year. And Bradley Chubb is also a very obviously competent and, and quite good pass rusher. But I think that the defense isn't going to be as stout as it needs to be to help an offense that I think might uh, be a little unreliable. So I'm not particularly sold on the Dolphins either. And then last but not least, we have the Patriots at seven and a half. And I'm taking the over. And I know that I'm going to get crap for this. And I've gotten crap for it all offseason from a lot of people that I know. But the Patriots are going to be good this year. They went eight and nine last year with Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator. And it showed time and time again in all sorts of games that they just were not prepared the way they needed to be prepared because their offensive line and their entire offense were coached by a defensive coach who was actively just not good at his job. And it was really unfortunate. And it sucked. I got to say, it wasn't my favorite season of football. But the defense was great last year, and they should continue to do so. Uh, I'm generally not one to uh, assume that rookies are going to come in and light the world on fire from day one. That's generally a policy I avoid. But this defense was already really good, and I know Devin, losing Devin McCourty is a bummer, but their safeties are still really good. Kyle Duggar is an ascending star, I think. And they've got Christian Gonzalez and Marte Mapu and Keon White are the rookies that are, I think are going to be able to play nice roles within the defense. They're not going to be asked to carry anything, and they're still going to be really good. Um, Jack Jones has seemingly avoided jail time for bringing a loaded gun to the Logan Airport. So he's on the team. That secondary is really good, and I, we know how good the pass rush is too. I mean, Matthew Judon and, and Josh Uche, it's – Hard to complain about those two guys just screaming off the edge. So the defense is going to be great. And we're going from Matt Patricia on offense to Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem, who is an actual offensive line coach. It's pretty crazy. They have an actual offensive line coach now. Um, Kendrick Bourne is out of the doghouse. Um, you know, we, we knew that was a whole problem last year where Matt, Matt Patricia wouldn't play arguably the most explosive playmaker on the team. Uh, he's there. Juju, I think, is a slightly more athletic version of Jacoby Myers. I don't think there will be too much of a difference there, but it might help a little bit. Um, and Mike Kosicki is on the team, and he's an actual tight end who can catch a football, unlike Jonu Smith, who 
didn't really do too much of that uh, in his time in New England. Um, and, you know, I think Mac, Mac doesn't have to be elite. I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, you're not going to have me predicting that he's going to throw 35 touchdowns this year. I wouldn't do that. But Mac, we saw his rookie year at the very least can be an average quarterback. And I think it's reasonable to expect similar production to that and maybe a little bit better in this offense. And that's all this team needs because they're going to have, uh, they have a good running back from Andre Stevenson. Zeke's going to be a decent backup and they'll have the defense to carry them through most of their schedule. Um, I think they might start a little slow because the O-line is banged up and hasn't really played a ton in the summer. Um, but I mean, they have players to play. They just, they're all just hurt and coming off of uh, Calvin Anderson just came back from NFI all off season. So um, it's going to take them a little bit, I think maybe a month or so, but I mean, they're going to surprise people. So sorry about that to all the people that don't like what I just said there, but that's what I got for you. Next up, we're going to do the AFC North. So I have the Steelers at eight and a half, and I'm going to take the over there. Um, I think this is, you know, we know that there's a tough physical floor of football uh, with Tomlin coaching the Steelers. Uh, you know, I'm not Mike Tomlin's biggest fan. I've certainly given uh, some criticism for the ceiling he kind of imposes on them. It's, it's felt like the last 10 years or so. But, I mean, they're always in it. They're always over 500. You know what you're getting out of that. That defense is outstanding. It's pretty good. And I thought that Pickett showed some playmaking ability by the end of last year. Uh, in particular, you know, I thought that Ravens game uh, was at a Monday night football. I thought he showed some really interesting things in terms of being able to create on his own. And I, I think it's reasonable to uh, expect some some growth this year from him. Uh, the offensive line is a little bit older. Uh, I think they can be slightly better. And uh, Najee Harris certainly was better once uh, he got the plate out of his foot for the, the Liz Franck injury that he had last year. Um, and I'm not a big Allen Robinson guy, but Deontay Johnson is due for some re regression. It's impossible for a guy that's that competent to score zero touchdowns two years in a row. Right. You would think, and George Pickens showed a lot last year, right? I think he can be, I think he can be a really good receiver in this team. Um, so I don't think they're going to light the world on fire necessarily, but I think they've got certainly a very high floor and I think they should very much be in the playoff hunt all year. So that's where I'm at with the Steelers. Browns, uh, nine and a half. I'm going under. Um, this team's a little weird. Um, they got rid of uh, Joe Woods as defense coordinator, which is good because Joe Woods is historically not very been a very competent defensive coordinator uh, for Jim Schwartz, who is a very good defensive coordinator. And I think the defense should very much be good. Um, they've got a lot of guys who you know seemingly regressed a little bit last year, uh, in particular uh, Jeremiah Usu Koromoa. Um, but they've got a lot of the back seven has a lot of athleticism and a lot of really quality players and they should be really good. Um, I don't love them having like Zadarius Smith as like their starting defensive end, given his health problems and seeming complete lack of interest in run duty, but I'm nitpicking there. I mean, th this should be a very, very solid defense this year for the Browns. The problem is the offense and Deshaun Watson and whatever you think he's going to be, um, we saw him last year and he was not good. He was actively a bad quarterback last year. And, you know, some of that could just be, he was adjusting to playing football again after not playing for a year and a half. Um, maybe this is just who he is now. I don't know. Um, and, and some of this admittedly is probably just a little personal bias. I, I can't say I'm very interested in watching uh, Deshaun Watson succeed, you know, given uh, what, what happened and what's been ongoing, all that. Um, but I would like to see improved play from him before I actually get excited about the Browns or before I think that the Browns can make some noise, especially because I do think they're actually in a very tough division. Um, you know, the AFC East has gotten a lot of love uh, this year going in is like the toughest division. And I don't necessarily agree with that uh, as I showed. And I, th I think the AFC North is actually going to be one of the tougher divisions. So I'm out on the Browns for the time being. 
And then that gets me to the Ravens, who are uh, eight and a half. And I'm also going under for them. This is another, I think, kind of unpopular pick, maybe. Um, but their defense is is not it's not very good. Uh, I mean, you, you look at their front seven, and you're really asking a lot out of Roquan Smith, who is great. Roquan Smith is awesome and deserves all the praise in the world. But you look at the pass rush is supposed to be coming from Odafe Owe, who hasn't been very good through two years. And and that's where you're getting Justin Matabike, I guess. Like, I just don't really see where you're getting any sacks from. You're, you're asking a lot of, I guess, you know, David Ojabo maybe comes back a little more explosive after that first year, but he's only played two games, um, you know, coming off of a, a ruptured Achilles. So we don't know what he's going to look like. And Jadavion Clowney, who they just signed, we know you can't really expect much from him consistently. I mean, he basically gave up last year about halfway through. And I don't think he's necessarily a reliable player anymore. And then you go into the secondary and you look and they're starting. Safeties are incredible. Uh, Marcus Williams is great. And Kyle Hamilton really turned it on last year and, and played really well by the end of the year as like a, a safety nickel hybrid player. But then their corners are Rocky Sin, who has bounced around the league for the last three, four years. Uh, you know, he's fine on his best days, but there's a reason he's on his fourth team in four years. I think it is. I'm going to look that up actually right now. Rocky Sin has played on, my apologies, three teams in the last three years, which is still not that much better. And then Marlon Humphrey has been a little inconsistent, I would say, relative to you know what he, he has been consistently. But he just got foot, uh, knee surgery, and he's going to be out for, oh, sorry, foot surgery. And he's going to miss at least the first quarter of the season. Who knows how that's going to go from there. So the defense is already concerning, uh, especially because it was such a problem last year with injuries and whatnot. And then the biggest thing is also the offense, though, because um, Todd Munkin is in as offense coordinator and um, Greg. Oh, God, what was his name? Um, their old offense coordinator is out. And in theory, this is going to be a um, Greg Roman. Sorry, was the offense coordinator. And this is going to be um, a year for Lamar to prove himself as a guy who can throw the ball more consistently and lead a pass first offense and, and play more winning football when you're behind. And I, I'm just not convinced that that's really something that's going to happen. I mean, Lamar's had plenty of opportunities to show just, you know, a base in like level of competency in the past game in these types of situations. And we just haven't seen it. I mean, obviously, you know, Greg Roman's system hasn't always worked very well, but I mean, we we've seen him in the, we've seen Lamar in the past, like his rookie year. And I get that that was a while ago, but he really struggled trying to throw a regular offense. Um, and I think that there's a reason why, like, you know, Greg Roman's kind of similar to Kaepernick, like these running offenses, they work for these guys because these are most adapted to their skill sets and what they're able to do. Um, and even besides that, if you want to get into the personnel that they have, is it an improvement compared to last year? Yes. Is it still very good? No, not, not really. It's not. I, I mean, you have. Their starting three wide receivers right now are Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, and Zay Flowers, who one of them is a rookie who is small and doesn't have great hands. I'm just frankly not a big Zay Flowers fan. Um, you have Odell, who is coming off of a blown ACL, did not play at all last year, is kind of a head case sometimes, is older, isn't going to be able to separate as much. We don't know what he looks like. And Rashad Bateman, who has gotten hurt the last two years and has just been, he's an unknown. Like We just don't know what he looks like. And then after that, you're looking at Nelson Aguilar, and we know that Nelson Aguilar is not saving your offense. So I'm just not really convinced that a complete overhaul in scheme is necessarily going to be good for Lamar. And even if it was, I don't really think that they have the necessary supporting cast to really 
take it over the top anyways, if that makes any sense. So again, they should be good because Jim Harbaugh is a good coach and Lamar, even just doing what Lamar usually does has a high floor, but I I'm, I'm still very nervous about the, the Ravens. If it works out, then it, it could work very well because you know, we know how dynamic Lamar can be at his best, but I'd hesitate to, to be super positive about the Ravens before then. And then last but not least in this division, we have the Bengals with 11 and a half and I'm going over and you'll see throughout this podcast. I'm really, really high on the Bengals this year. I mean, they've been, they've been one of the best teams in the league the last couple of years. Um, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow's injury. Uh, it's he's already back practicing. He's going to be fine. That, that, that's fine. I'm not worried about it. He's been hurt literally every single preseason that he's been with that organization. He's okay. He'll be okay. Um, and then you look at what's been their biggest problem the last two years, and it's been the offensive line. And seemingly they solved that last year until to end the season, they had three injuries, three weeks in a row. And by the time they got to the Chiefs, the O-line was once again in complete shambles. But they've signed Orlando Brown, uh, who is a significant upgrade to them compared to Jonah Williams and Lyle Collins. Um, I'm not going to pretend like Orlando Brown was a perfect tackle for the Chiefs. Um, you know, he was pretty good, but he definitely had his weaknesses sometimes. But um, he, again, he is a significant upgrade compared to what they have. And they don't need the best offensive line. They just need not one of the worst. That's all they need because Joe Burrow is a smart quarterback. He improved a lot in terms of getting the ball out quickly last year. It's just, can we get a run game going? Can they get a run game going? And can they give Burrow enough time to make plays and find the open guys, which there always are. Uh, and I think the young talent in their secondary also has a chance to step forward. Uh, Dax Hill and uh, uh, Cam Britt, um, they, they both also uh, flashed a lot last year. Uh, given, I, I mean, uh, Cam Taylor Britt was given more opportunities than Dax Hill was, but um, I think that they'll both slide in nicely into bigger roles. Uh, and the rest of the defense is largely back. Um, and I think there's just something to be really said. Uh, this will be something I get into more as I talk about some of these other teams, but um continuity is key in the NFL. Uh, you know, if you can get more comfortable in your system and have a couple years to learn things, that's, it's invaluable just because so many things change so quickly. And the Bengals obviously keep Zach Taylor because, you know, he's the head coach and they kept Lou Anarumo too, who's a, a fantastic defensive coordinator and was a very serious candidate to take the uh, Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. And I think that that's just really going to matter compared to some of these other teams that they're competing against that are going up through through uh, some significant changes, uh, whether it's personnel or coaching related. Uh, I think this this might be the year. This is this is certainly going to be one of the last really good chances they have while Joe Burrow is still on his rookie contract and they still have T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, both on the team and playing well. They've got all of their coaching staff. They've got most of their defensive personnel. It's a really, really, really good opportunity for them. So I'm definitely going the over. I think that they're going to be a, a really, really, really good team this year. Moving on to the AFC South, uh, starting with the Jags, uh, 10 and a half, and I'm taking the over there. I don't think this is going to be super controversial or anything. Um, they're a pretty strong team in what's going to be a weak division overall, I think. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, took a big step last year. He, he was certainly a lot more comfortable, uh, was a lot better in terms of uh, discipline and turning the ball over. That was a really strong season from him. And I think the addition of Calvin Ridley can open up the passing game a lot more. Um, even if, uh, you, you know, people can be a little concerned with the idea of um, he hasn't played football in a year. Um, and he certainly had some problems uh, right before he left too. And that could be a bit of an issue. And I think there's some merit to that. But even if he doesn't say, even if he's not the Calvin Ridley that we all knew before, I think there's something to be said for everyone else going down another peg, uh, you know, like Christian Kirk being a number two receiver instead of a number one receiver. And he was already very effective last year, but I think he could maybe even be even more effective in what I think is probably the best role for him as more of a complimentary piece rather than being the piece. 
uh, things like that. You know, um, Zay, Zay Jones, kind of the same thing. Um, and their offensive line should also be fine, I think. Um, you know, they lost uh, Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson is suspended to start the year. But Cam Robinson will be back. And, uh, you know, they invested a lot into Walker Little, and he's seemingly doing very well for them. Uh, so I think they should be fine on the offensive line, too. Um, I, I think you, you can question uh, the defense isn't necessarily super exciting, uh, you know, because Josh Allen has been kind of stagnant. Um, Devin Lloyd had a nice year last year. But, um, uh, you know, there's, there's not a ton of flash or maybe star power there in the defense. Uh, maybe Trevon Walker takes another step. But, you know, I was never super excited about him uh, coming out. Is Trevon Walker one of the most, like, anonymous number one overall picks we've had? Like, it just kind of it, it seemed like people were never really – there were a couple of people that were like, you know, pounding the table for him, but otherwise, like, I don't think people really knew who he was because it wasn't like he was a, by any means, like a star player at Georgia. I mean, you're talking the last season he had on that national championship team, he had six sacks. Um, I don't know. I, I, this isn't a rant we need to get into, but Trevon Walker has uh, just puzzled me a little bit. I get that he's super athletic, fine, but uh, whatever. I, I've, already, I've already talked about it too much. Um, but no, I mean, I think this team should still just be really good. Uh, I, I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence is necessarily going to improve from where he was, but he was already pretty good last year. So yeah, um, I think they should be pretty good. Uh, Titans seven and a half. Uh, I'm taking the under there. Um, that O-line is rough. They just they just do not. That is not inspiring. I, I mean, I, I can read it out for you right now. They've got Andre Dillard, Peter Skronsky, Aaron Brewer, Daniel Brunskill, and Chris Hubbard. Uh Maybe people like Skronsky, you know, as, as the developmental guy, but nah, not a lot there that's really getting you super excited. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, we, we know how good he can be, but he is also one of the oldest receivers in the league currently. He's 31 years old. Uh, there are not a lot of receivers over 30 in the league currently. By the way, Randall Cobb is just it's amazing that he's still in this league. But, um, I mean, we saw DeAndre Hopkins last year really struggled to separate consistently. He's he's more just, uh, um, you know, never, not that he was necessarily a really big separation guy to begin with, but, like, he's really not much of, like, a deep threat anymore. Um, and he's also, you know, he's been injured the last couple of years, suspended for PEDs for part of one year. Um, I, and, and guys that have gotten to this age the last couple of years, right around 30, 31 is when you start hitting the wall. And, and I'm I'm a little concerned we might see that with DeAndre Hopkins this year. Um, and they're basically, they're relying on him because I mean, they have Traylon Burks, but other than that, I mean, they've got Kyle Phillips and, uh, Nick Westbrook, Ekine. it's going to be tough. Um, so just offensively, I, I think th there's going to be a lot put on Derek Henry's shoulders, but I'm also not sure the team is really in a position where they can support him in a way that is conducive to winning football games. Uh, I think we saw Ryan Tannehill kind of regress a little bit last year, um, which was a little, uh, or health wise, you know, uh, it can be, it's a little concerning for them on offense. I, I'm just not sure that they're going to be very good. Um, and their defense is, uh, I, I've, I've looked, I've looked at it and it just seems very top heavy to me. Um, you know, we know how good Jeffrey Simmons is. Harold Langey's very effective, but um, there's not a ton. I mean, you know, Kevin Bayard is still pretty good. Sean Murphy bunting was a good free agency signing by them. But other than that, there's just not a lot inspiring there. Um, I, I think this is going to be kind of a rough year for them. Uh, I, I just think the offense is going to be, very explosive at all. And I don't think they're going to put the defense in very good positions either. Um, I, I'm perhaps giving not enough credit to Mike Vrabel, who's done a very good job of instilling a tough physicality in these guys that, you know, keeps them in a lot of these games. Um, I've certainly doubted them before, but I, I'm just not very excited about this team at all. Uh, then I'll move on to the Colts. Six and a half. Uh, I'm going to go under there. 
the Jonathan Taylor situation is a little puzzling. Uh, who knows when he's going to be back? And, you know, if, if the injuries, I say this in quotation marks, maybe the injuries actually matter. Maybe they won't. But, you know, we don't know when he's going to come back. Um, and Anthony Richardson, I, I am not a fan at all. I mean, it's very similar to the Josh Allen situation from, five, God, six years ago now. Man, that's crazy. And, um, and I think that he's arguably even more of a prospect than uh, Josh Allen in some ways. Um, you know, I know people say that his processing and stuff like, oh, he's actually, he makes a lot of smart plays on the field, but he's not accurate. Like he, he's just not, I mean, oh man, you, you can't, you can't play at Florida and throw, what was it? Like 55%. And I, it is so rare for guys like that to be able to get their accuracy in the NFL. It's so rare. I, I'm not going to be one of the guys to bet on that happening. And even if it does happen, he's not going to turn it all around his rookie year. There's going to be a lot of rough patches. Um, he may be a good fantasy quarterback, a good NFL quarterback his rookie year. He will not be for sure. And I just don't think that's going to help out the defense much at all. Um, you know, you've got a new coach coming in. I, I think this is going to be a, a bit of a rough year for them uh, as well. Yeah. I mean, you look at the defense and it, it the defense should be okay. Um, Secondary is not great, but yeah, it's going to be a long year, I think for the Colts. And then uh, we've got the Texans at five and a half um, and I'm going over, but it's not a big over. There'll be like five, six wins maybe. Um, they've got a, actually a decent offensive line. They've invested a lot of capital into it the last couple of years. Um, you know, they just extended Titus Howard. Um, Jarrett Patterson is the seventh round rookie from Notre Dame. Shout out. He's going to start this year. It's not a bad thing. Um, it's actually not that bad. Um, and I like Stroud. Stroud was uh, the, my number one quarterback going into the draft this year. So I feel like on principle, I need to be a little excited about him. Um, they haven't exactly given him a lot to throw to. Um, Nico Collins is, is, very, very average to below average. Uh, Robert Woods is old and injured and Noah Brown is okay, I, eh, I guess. And then you have Dalton Schultz, who's a solid tight end. Um, maybe Tank Dell breaks out. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Um, the defense should still be a bit of a mess though. Um, it has a couple interesting players and in, like vets, but I think those are, I, I, the, I don't think the, the whole is going to be better than the sum of its parts. Um, You'd be asking a lot of like Will Anderson and Christian Harris to like immediately be like pretty good dudes, which I, I'm I'm hesitant to say that you're, those guys are going to be enough to really turn stuff around. Um, so they'll be they'll be better than last year. I don't think they're going to be amazing or anything though. So they'll, they'll be it, they'll just be watching Stroud basically is how I see this going for Texas fans this year. Uh, and then the AFC West, uh, you get the Chiefs at eleven and a half. It's a pretty easy over, I think. Um, I do think that they're going to be slightly worse than they have been. Um, but overall, it should be business as usual. Um, I guess there's just some question marks, you know. Um, watch out for no proven receivers for them. Because uh, we kind of said this last year, but at least they had Juju, who we know is a, is a at minimum, he is a competent starting wide receiver for an NFL team. He was the number one receiver last year, which really makes him the number two receiver right behind Kelsey. But that worked very well. He had 900 yards and was a valuable piece for them in the Super Bowl too. Um, but now you're going into this year with – Kadarius Tony, who was already hurt, <laughs> never plays. Uh, I don't know why people keep talking themselves into that guy. Uh, and then you have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is fine. Uh, I mean, he did some okay things last year. That was about it. And then you have Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, who people people are excited about both of them. But, I mean, I wouldn't say Sky Moore really showed a ton to get you excited last year in terms of, like, playing as a receiver within an offense. Um, and Rasheed Rice is a rookie, a really raw one with hand problems. I, I wouldn't um, – I wouldn't think that he's going to be a day one impact guy. Justin Ross is kind of the same thing health wise. Like, what are we, what are we expecting out of Justin Ross? Um, I, you know, I'd wait a little bit. Even Andy Reid is kind of cautioned. Like some of these guys is going to take them a while before they really get inserted into the offense. Um, and then defensively, 
Uh, there might be some stuff to worry about uh, just on the basis of Chris Jones being out. Um, he's holding out seemingly with uh, no end in sight. And they don't really have anyone to replace him there. There's just kind of a black hole there uh, offensively. Defensively, my apologize. Pass rush wise. Uh, George Karloftis, you know, was pretty good as a rookie, but I don't think he's really the type that is supposed to be like a dominant pass rusher. Um, so that's something that they're going to have to fix um, or, or work around at least. Um, but again, it's the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, pretty good coming off the Super Bowl win, right? We, we know the drill here. Uh, they should still be pretty good. Chargers at nine and a half. I'm going over. This one is a little tough for me because these guys, these guys bit me uh, pretty hard last year. Um, I do think though that Kellen Moore is a very substantial upgrade at offense coordinator uh, for a very uh, a healthier Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, he's he's healed from the the rib and shoulder injuries that he had last year. Um, and and I think Kellen Moore is just there to he'll be able to take advantage of what Justin Herbert's strengths are. I mean, why why if you're Joe Lombardi are you having him check down to Austin Eckler 13 times a game when he's a deep ball thrower and you've got personnel that can do that? Mike Williams is a a deep contested catch wide receiver. That's what he does. Uh, Quentin Johnston, um, you know, whether you like him or not, I mean, he's going to be a deep threat kind of guy. Um, and, and, and that's what, that's what Herbert lives for. That that's what he was so good at the last two, uh, the two years before this. And I think that he's very much going to be in a position to do that. Um, and then the defense, uh, it has pieces, you know, we already knew that they've got a lot of good players. I'm not really buying it necessarily because Joe Staley is still calling plays. And we saw how much of a disaster that was by the end of the year, especially in that playoff game, with the Jags. Um, but at the same time, you could also argue like, can JC Jackson get any worse than he was last year? Now that he's healthy again, I it really can't get any worse than what he was doing those first couple weeks of the season. So I don't know at, at minimum though. Again, I think the offense should still be pretty explosive. Um, and there's a good team here and, uh, I'm not predicting them to win the super bowl or anything, but I think they should be pretty good. Uh, Raiders seven and a half. I'm going to go over, but this is more just again, like an eight, maybe nine win team, but um, I, I think that uh, Jimmy G fits McDaniels' system quite nicely. I mean, we've seen him operate in it before with the Patriots, and he was very successful with it. Um, you know, he's the, just the drop-back, uh, quick passer, very smart guy. Uh, that works really well. That's what McDaniels wants, and, and Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty good at that stuff. Um, and there's nice weapons around him too, right? I mean, you have Devontae Adams and uh, Hunter Renfro, I think, could be in, in for a nice bounce-back season um, with a second year to adjust to the system. And Jacoby Myers is really good. I mean, he's played in this system. He's a solid, dependable guy. Is he going to get you 10 touchdowns a year? No, he's not. But he's a really reliable guy with good hands, and he gets open on third down. And I think that matters a lot. And I, I, he could very much, like, replace maybe the kind of role that Darren Waller had when they traded him. I do think, though, that um, it's going to be a little tougher because uh, Josh Jacobs is going to regress. I mean, this is just how it works. Uh, I was uh, looking at some stats yesterday, and the uh, scrimmage yards leader – uh, of the NFL each year has uh, the next year, his yards have gone down by an average of 800 yards. And even if you factor out uh, Christian McCaffrey and uh, another player who missed the next season, almost entirely due to injury, it's still dropping by an average of 600 yards. Uh, it's just really hard to sustain that same level of play. Um, it's not like their O-line is particularly strong either. Um, so they're, they're going to have to work on that too. Um, you know, building, rebuilding up the foundation of their offense. Um, and the, the defense is just not, it's just not good um, at corner. I mean, you've got Nate Hobbs, who's good, but then you're starting Marcus Peters, who has you know struggled the last couple of years. Um, and then outside of in your front seven, you're basically uh, you have Max Crosby, who's a very good player. But then, I mean, Chandler Jones has just been he's a shell of himself at this point. You're starting Jerry Tillery on the defensive line, who, you know, as much as I love my old Notre Dame guys, it's not like he's been a particularly impactful player at all uh, for them. So it, it, it's 
it's going to be tough for them, I think, to consistently stop anybody at all. So I think the offense could be kind of interesting, kind of fun, but I don't think they're going to be much of a threat at all just because the defense is going to be poor. And, you know, maybe Jimmy G gets hurt. Maybe he doesn't. It's hard to tell. Uh, Broncos eight and a half. I'm going to go with under as well. Um, at, at the end of the day, this just comes down to can Russ adapt to another new system? I mean, we saw he really struggled last year. And I think just by nature of Sean Payton being one of the best offensive minds the game's ever seen, I'm sure that things will be better by a little bit. But they need to be a lot better because they were so, so bad last year. God, they were so bad. Um, and it's not like things are already, you know, on their on their way to begin with. Um, Jerry Judy's dealing with a hamstring injury. Who, you know, we know hamstring injuries can affect someone far into the season. Um, Javante Williams is coming back from um, a very serious knee injury, and he's seemingly healthy and is going to play right from the get-go. But from what I've seen in the preseason. He still looks a little slow, kind of lacking some of that explosiveness, some of that, um, you know, the burst that really helped him uh, be, be the awesome player that he's been in college and, and his first year uh, in the pros. Um, I'm also not really sure where the pass rush comes from either. Uh, you know, they traded away Bradley Chubb last year and uh, Frank Clark uh, has not exactly been a consistent uh, defensive end in the regular season. You know, he showed up in the playoffs for the Chiefs, but otherwise it's been kind of an issue. And Randy Gregory is OK. He's just not really anything special. Um, you know, they've got good players in that secondary, but um, I really think this is just going to come down a lot to how much can Russ improve. I'm banking on not enough at this point in his career. So I'm going the under there. And that is the AFC. And then we'll get on to the NFC. Okay, starting up with the NFC East, uh, we've got the Eagles at 10 and a half. And I'm going to take the over there. Um, but again, this is uh, 11 wins is really what I'm topping out at there. Um, the Super Bowl hangover is real. Uh, we know this is a big thing uh, outside of the Patriots going back to the Super Bowl and winning it in 2018. You have not seen really any teams uh, that have lost the Super Bowl come back uh, in terms of like being a serious contender the next year. Um, not that the, they can't be good and they can't make the playoffs because that happens a lot. But um, losing the Super Bowl generally, it takes you a little bit to recover from that. Uh, I think another thing that's a big issue for them is just going to be the brain drain on both sides of the ball. Uh, they lost both uh, Shane Steichen and uh, Jonathan Gannon, uh, their offensive and defensive coordinators, to other teams' head coaching jobs, uh, being the Colts and the Cardinals, respectively. And that's hard, right? I mean, the, and the Eagles also, I mean, their their linebacker depth got wiped out this year in free agency. I mean, the, the only guy that's coming back is N'Kobe Dean. And, you know, he's played well in some spot duties, but, you know, is he ready to take over that entire role that the guys that left all took? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Um, and, you know, they're, they're still getting a little bit older. Um, not, not that that's a huge worry or anything, though. I mean, it, you know, these guys are veterans. They're smart. And the Eagles have done a good job of taking aggressive swings for talent. Uh, you know, Jalen Carter and uh, Nolan Smith are both very talented defensive players that uh, should be able to slot in nicely, I think, with uh, what they're doing uh, defensively. And the other question, I think, is also just, you know, with all the turmoil and everything, can Jalen Hurts kind of maintain his efficiency? Because uh, last year was really an outlier for him in terms of uh, how well he he did at throwing the ball. Um, you know, obviously the, the running production is there and still efficient. I don't really think that's anything that's going to change. But, um, you know, can he can he make the, the right progressions? Can he be as accurate uh, as he was this past year? Um, which, again, losing Shane Steichen, it, it's definitely a bit of a question, I think. But like th this roster is still really, really solid. I think they did a great job of uh, going for high upside guys uh, in the running back by committee with DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Um, again, st should still be a really good team. I just think that there there's a ceiling there compared to where they were last year. Uh, and then I've got the Cowboys at nine and a half. 
and I'm going to take the over there, um, which I, I, you know, maybe people don't like this. Uh, maybe they do. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but I think the Cowboys were really, really unlucky last year with a lot of Dax interceptions. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of them were his fault. Like the, that overtime game they lost in Jacksonville, that's not his fault that that ball pops off Noah Brown's hand. Like what's he supposed to do there? Right. And there were a couple like that last year and that's just how the game goes sometimes. Um, but I don't necessarily think that, I don't know what happened with Kellen Moore. You know, he's out now. Um, I'm not a huge Schottenheimer guy as an offense coordinator, but I think he's fine. And Mike McCarthy's a good coach. Um, and there's a lot to work with on offense. Uh, I think that the trade for Brandon cooks, uh, was a really good one because I think they needed a more consistent wide receiver too. uh, Michael Gallup, you know, I don't, I don't think is necessarily ever going to be the same guy that he was, uh, just kind of lacking the, the explosiveness that he needs, uh, after the Achilles injury. Uh, Tony Pollard is certainly, it might take him a few weeks to get used to cutting and everything coming off of a broken leg, but you know, he's still pretty good. Um, the offensive line, it, it, it's not as good as it once was. People keep assuming that it's, it's like it was in 2016. They're really not that. Um, but you know, they, they should be fine. I think, uh, to make a, a really effective offense. I, I'm still a big fan of Dak and what they've got going on down there offensively. Um, and I think the defense should be very, very, very good. Um, I mean, we, we saw the pass rush last year was just monstrous. You, you have Micah, uh, leading the way, and then you have, uh, Lawrence and Doris Armstrong are very complimentary figures, uh, as well with that. Um, and then they traded for Stefan Gilmore, who was very, very good last year for the Colts. And I think is a, he's, you know, whether he's the second corner or the first corner, I think that gives them two very good quarters. Trayvon Diggs last year, I thought did a good job of uh, clamping down on a lot of the big plays that he let up, even if the turnovers weren't quite the same way, but you don't need to get 11 interceptions to be a very good corner. So I think they've got, I think they've got a, re- a lot of really solid pieces there. They re-signed Malik Hooker, who was very effective for them. I think this is going to be a really good Cowboys team uh, and, and I'm excited to watch them play. And then you've got the Giants at eight and a half, and I'm taking the under there. Um, you know, I was looking through my notes last year, uh, like my midseason report, and was looking at like who was surprising and who wasn't. And I had the Giants. I'm going to see if I can pull this up right now, actually, because I, I, I very specifically pointed out the Giants because this was in the middle of their really good run. And what they did. So here's what I had. This is roughly halfway through the season, I think. The Giants at that point were, no, this is, so this is through six games. The Giants were winning by 2.8 points a game. They had no wide receiver with 200 yards receiving. They had been down 10 in three of their wins. They had seven fumble recoveries. And Daniel Jones like wasn't giving the ball away at all. Completely unsustainable. And it largely continued throughout the entire year. I mean, Daniel Jones did a very good job of not throwing away the ball or giving the ball away. Um, they did not really have anybody to throw to at all. I mean, their, their receiving statistics are just impossible when you look at it. I mean... You know, their, their leading receiver was Darius Slayton with 724 yards. Um, their, their top tight end was Daniel Bellinger with 268. Uh, it's, it's astounding that they were able to do what they did last year in terms of having a functional offense. I mean, the, the O-line did well and Saquon did really well. But uh, they got really lucky with turnovers in terms of they weren't giving the ball away and they were also gaining a ton of turnovers from the other team. Um I'm a little skeptical that you can, at this point in your career, count on Saquon Barkley being as good as he was last year uh, consistently, given that, you know, the last couple of years have been marred by injuries and ineffectiveness. And I think that he also, we kind of showed by the end of the year, he was starting to slow down a little bit. Um, You also, I think the big thing for them was they needed proven reliable skill talent. And because, you know, the offense was not sustainable last year. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins played well. And, you know, when they got him midseason, but like they were, this offense was put together with duct tape and a prayer and Daniel Jones's running legs. And 
they did add pieces, but here's what they added. They added, they drafted Jalen Hyatt in the second round. They signed Paris Campbell and they traded for Darren Waller. And I just don't really think any of these guys are enough to really move the needle for me in terms of Darren Waller has been hurt the last couple of years. Um, and he's a little bit older. I think it's tough to say consistently that he's going to be, you know, a guy that you can look at it like every week. Uh, Paris Campbell has never been healthy, literally ever. I mean, last year, I think was the first time he played more than a couple of games. Yeah, he played a full season last year and he was okay, but he was averaging under 10 yards a catch. And he's just not nearly the, the athlete he was at Ohio State anymore. I mean, that's just, that's what happens when you get injured every single year in the NFL. And then you have Jalen Hyatt, who I personally didn't really like in the draft anyways, who he's fast. And that's certainly, you know, that that's always valuable. But I think there's a lot of questions as to whether he can actually uh, get open at an NFL level without a lot of help from Tennessee's uh, kind of funky scheme. It's just not really what they needed. I, I, like I would have preferred they go after like a bigger fish or um, someone who at least I think is a little more, uh, their transition to the pros would be a little smoother than someone like Hyatt. So I just don't really think that they did enough to keep the offense from regressing in a way that I think it's expected to. And then uh, defensively, I mean, uh, I don't think the this front seven should be pretty, pretty good. Uh, I mean, we know, you know, Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau are both very good fo uh, football players. Aziz Ojulari uh, played very well uh, when he was on the field, but uh, their corners are also a little, a little worrisome uh, just because Adoree Jackson is consistently, um, Okay. Uh, I mean, he was better last year, but do I want a team? Do I want him to be in my number one corner going into a season? No, not really. Um, and then Deontay Banks, the first round pick could be good, but again, you're asking a lot of a, a corner when, you know, corners historically can struggle a lot uh, coming into the league, especially if you're counting on them to be like some of your bigger playmakers. So I don't think this is going to be a great year for the giants. I'm a little worried for them. And then last but not least in this division, we've got the commanders at seven and a half. And I'm going to take the over for them. I was a little torn on these guys um, because I feel like it's not really my MO to go all in on like, um, you know, a team with some unproven players um, and coordinators, frankly. But, um, you know, as I've said, I've always been a little skeptical as to how much credit Eric Bieniemy has deserved for the Kansas City success on offense, just because, you know, the players are very good and it's Andy Reid's offense and he's not calling plays. Um, but I think Eric Bieniemy has a lot to work with uh, in Washington this year. Um, you know, the, the receiving options available to him are, are really solid. Uh, you know, we, we know that Terry McLaurin is a very reliable football player who isn't going to get you a ton of targets in the red zone necessarily, but it's a, a really good deep threat who is going to get you clutch catches when you need them. Uh, Jahan Dotson displayed a, a, a lot of excitement last year, uh, both as a red zone target and as more of a field stretcher. And um, I think that they've got a lot to like. None of that matters, of course, uh, if you're not a big fan of Sam Howell. But uh, as I've said in the past, I think that Sam Howell was definitely a quarterback I was higher on than I think the most of the NFL draft community was. Um, you know, I think he's he's pretty athletic for a, a quarterback uh, in the NFL in terms of like he's able to move around a lot more. Um, people give him a lot of Baker comparisons, but like I said, he's far more mobile. Um, and I, I think he can I think he can do some nice things. I mean, I, I don't want to take too much from uh, the one game he played last year against Dallas, but. I thought he showed a, a lot of nice uh, ability to, you know, uh, like I said, work plays outside of the pocket with his mobility, but also, you know, look down the field a little bit and make some nice throws. Um, and I think that he's got guys to throw to. I think they've got some solid running backs. Um, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson make a nice little uh, one-two tandem of guys that do different things. Uh, the offensive line is going to be a little shaky. And that that is certainly a bit of a concern with a young quarterback um, who, you know, maybe isn't um, – like is quick throwing, is that going to be something that Sam Howell does consistently? That that I'm not sure. 
Um, but I, I think that the offense could be pretty fun, a little, a little explosive um, if uh, they're able to take advantage of the playmakers that they have. The defense, uh, I was very out on the defense for a while because they struggled a lot last year at one point. Uh, in that same time frame that I was talking about the Giants, the, the uh, commanders had given up, I think it was like 60% of their third down conversions or something, which is just horrendous. It's just terrible. But they, they really settled down by the end of the year and they were better. Um, Chase Young may have a chance to, you know, bounce back a little bit. He did nothing last year at all, uh, you know, uh, after he got, he got hurt, obviously, but was ineffective before that. But, I mean, the rest of that, that front is superb. I mean, those guys are all just great. You have Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne. <sighs> those guys are – those are a lot of good defensive linemen on one football team. Um, and then, you know, the secondary, uh, they could definitely use another corner or two. Um, they're, they're asking a lot out of Emmanuel Forbes, who is already, like, as a skinny guy, he's kind of typecast as, like, a not a super physical corner. But um, I think that they could, they could put stuff together, and, and the defensive line goes a long way. So I think these guys are actually just going to surprise some people this year. Uh, maybe it's just because they'll have some low expectations. But I'm in on the commanders. And then in the NFC North, uh, we have the Vikings at 8.5. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I just could not figure out what to do here at all. I I, I had no idea. Um, I said over, but I, I just don't know because I mean they're not going to be a 13 team, a 13 win team because they were just they were not that last year. They had a negative point differential. Um, they just got really lucky the entire year, um, and, and huge regression is coming for them in that regard. Uh, they're not going to be able to win a ton of one score games uh, like they did last year, but um, at the same time. I do think they made a lot of changes that are going to be able to maybe offset some of uh, the regression that's coming, uh, namely in the regards of, I think, uh, just having a second year in a new offensive system is going to go a long way for comfortability. Um, you know, I think Kirk Cousins talked about having to adjust to a more um, under center, like play action type system, because it was a little different. Um, and, you know, they've got good guys to throw to. Justin Jefferson is, you know, the best receiver in the league or one of the best receivers in the league. Um, Jordan Addison's a high upside guy. KJ Osborne's solid. I think should be fine in uh, Thielen's stead full time. Um, the O line is still a problem. I mean, the tackles are good, but the interior is just not good. Which, you know, given Kirk Cousins is a pocket passer, like you, you want a strong interior line to protect him and, and not have to force him out of the pocket. And they just don't have that, which is ultimately going to be what continues to do these guys in. Um, I think that Alexander Madison should be fine in Dalvin Cook's stead. You know, like we said, uh, Dalvin Cook kind of had a down year last year. And, you know, Madison's not going to be as good as Cook was in his prime, but I think he can still be pretty effective. Um, defensively also, I mean, their defense was terrible. Ed Donatel was a very um, passive defensive coordinator, shall we say, in terms of, you know, the types of plays he made and everything. Um, and this team, I still don't think has a ton of talent. Marcus, da Marcus Davenport doesn't really move the needle for me uh, as a pass rush. I like Byron Murphy, but... You know, there's not really a ton of depth there outside. You're at, you're looking at a, at a Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth, uh, who did not play last year um, as corners. But they did hire Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator, um, who is a very good defensive coordinator, as we saw, you know, with the Patriots. And, um, you know, you can talk about, say what you will about what went down with him as a head coach and all that. But he's a very good defensive coordinator. And uh, he's very aggressive, too, which I think in a lot of ways can make up for Maybe they don't have a ton of talent in the secondary, but, but I think that the aggressiveness shown by Brian Flores can go a long way in terms of masking some of those flaws just by trying to get to the quarterbacks before they can take advantage of uh, poor defensive personnel. So I think they'll probably be right around 500 is going to be my guess. I, they should probably regress more than that, but I think they've done just enough to state that off. Lions, uh, nine and a half. 
I'm going to go the over there. Um, I, I'm really in on the Lions this year. Um, I think we know we know that the offense is very strong. We saw how successful they were last year, uh, and they've got a chance to add to that with um, Jamison Williams maybe coming back and being more consistent from suspension. And Jameer Gibbs, who is a bit of a wild card in terms of, you know, can he run between the tackles? Like, what does he add as the receiver out of the backfield? But, uh, you know, they're very talented uh, athletes that could uh, help push this offense even further than it already is, which is pretty good. Um, and the defense really, really, really came on in the second half. They were historically terrible, you know, through the first half. But they, Aaron Glenn and his unit, I got to give them all the credit in the world. They really turned it around by the end. Uh, we saw a lot of young talent um, take, take over in um, – uh, Aiden Hutchinson and uh, what is it? Kirby Joseph and the the guy from Jacksonville State um, what was his name. Uh, wow, I'm blowing this. James Houston. My apologies. Um, you know, all those guys uh, showed some really really nice things, and I think there's room for them to improve this year too. Um, you know, in particular, like James Houston being more of a, a run guy. Uh, Kirby Joseph just having more room to run, things like that. Um, and, and they made the I think the perfect free agent acquisitions for what they needed too. Um, they had, they added Cam Sutton and CJ Gardner Johnson and Emmanuel Mosley in the secondary, which, you know, they needed a lot of corner depth and, you know, the Cameron Sutton is going to star. He was a very good corner last year for Pittsburgh and CJ Gardner Johnson is a cover safety who can also, you know, be pretty physical, which is another thing they needed, I think. And, uh, that, that's going to be, go a long way for them, I think. Um, and like I said, I just think this offense is really good. Uh, Jared Goff showed a lot of nice things last year. That offensive line is still one of the best, if not the best in the league, maybe. I'm not totally sure on that one, but they should still be really good. I think this is the year for the Lions in terms of like they're going to break through and like have a good year. I, I'm really excited for them. Packers, seven and a half. Um, I said under, but this is going to be, I think, like a seven to eight win team. Um, I'm just not sold on Jordan Love. I thought he actually was okay in the one game that he came in relief last year uh, against the Chiefs, but that's not really enough for me to get excited about him considering I was never excited about him as a prospect. Uh, again, it's just more, can he adjust to the speed of the game? Can he be accurate when he needs to? Things like that. Um, and this team is also just really, really young. They are the second youngest team in the league. They're they're just over 25 years old on average. And I think it's just really tough for a team with this many young players that, um, you know, you, I think you need an experienced quarterback to guide them through and give them like a baseline of competency. And I just don't really know if that's there. I mean, you look at some of the guys in this team. I mean, their starting skill position players are uh, Aaron Jones. Obviously, we know he's good. Uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave. There's just not really a lot of quality experience there in terms of like they've been on the football field and like producing consistently. Um, and defensively, too, they're kind of in the same boat. They, they drafted a lot of guys over the years who have some interesting potential like Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. Uh, Rashawn Gary's on a pitch count, though. Um, it, it's just going to be tough. These guys are just – this team is so, so young. And there's so much uncertainty at quarterback. I, I'm I'm going to hold off on 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 you know uh, big expectations for them. Rounding out the division, we've got the Bears at seven and a half, and I'm going under. People are excited about them for some reason, but uh, they still have next to no pass rush. Like they, you know, they they spent some money on like T.J. Edwards and uh, Tremaine Edmonds, who are good football players, no doubt. Um, and you know, their linebackers are much better than they were before, but we're looking at Yannick and Gakwe who, you know, maybe can get some pass rush, but he's going to do absolutely nothing and run support. So again, it just begs the question of how much value he brings anyways. And other than that, I mean, they just, they just don't really have anyone else that's that exciting. Um, yeah, ugh, that's tough. And then offensively, um, you know, people are really excited about Justin Fields because he flashed some explosive playmaking last year, but Where's the proof that he can throw a football accurately? I mean, 
I get that last year was rough uh, in a couple ways, you know, the, for them uh, offensively, but there's just a baseline of competency that I expect to see out of a quarterback before I feel confident in them that I haven't seen from him. His last game, he went seven of 21 and threw an interception to a defensive end to the lions. Like that's just, it's not acceptable. I, I mean, you know, I, I can listen to the fact that their offensive line has been really, really bad and that they, they struggled to have a ton of uh, guys for him to throw to. I get that, but to go seven of 21, but in, and, and it looked the way that it did, it, it just does not inspire, inspire confidence at all. Um, and, you know, the supporting cast is better. I, DJ Moore is miles better than anything else they had, um, you know, earlier in the year. Chase Claypool could get healthy and be an effective slot receiver for them. Cole Komet is a good tight end. But, you know, their offensive line is also, it's still not very good. I mean, they put Darnell right in at right tackle, and, and hopefully he'll be fine. Braxton Jones is okay. But that's it. Again, we're just looking at a team that improved. It, it, it improved. It undoubtedly improved. But, like, it, they still need Justin Fields to take that leap, and I just I just don't see him taking that leap at all. Uh, so I'm out on the Bears. I've, I've spoken my piece there. I got to say, when I was uh, looking at all of these different divisions and uh, figuring out how I wanted to do my win totals, um, the NFC South was by far the most confusing division to me because I think it's going to be very similar to last year where all of these teams are going to be in it till the end. But none of these teams are also going to be that good I, consistently. And we'll get into it. Um, we'll start with the Bucks, uh, Six and a half. I had the over as of yesterday. And then today, the news came out of Mike Evans uh, saying that they will do contract negotiations until September 9th, which is when the season starts. And then after that, they will no longer be discussing contracts. And Mike Evans will be focused on what's best for him football-wise and whatnot, uh, which I think basically means he, he will be traded, I think, by the end of the year. Uh, because if you're the Bucks and you're not in a serious window to contend, uh, it's hard to justify uh, having a 30-year-old receiver who is still very good and letting him walk as opposed to trading him for higher than a, uh, I should also say, uh, as a 10-year veteran, which is crazy that Mike Evans has been in the league for 10 years. I mean, that is just, it's really remarkable. And also, you know, it just makes you wonder where the time went. Um, you can't get anything more than a fifth-round draft pick um, as compensation for him going somewhere else in free agency, uh, when normally it would be a third-round pick. And you're going to get, you would definitely get better than a fifth round pick. I'd still say better than a third if you're trading Mike Evans. God, this is crazy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is going to be his 10th year. God, that's crazy. Um, and, and you know, he's, I'm looking too. He's had this this streak, right? He's had his first nine years has been, uh, he's gotten a thousand yards every year, which is an NFL record. He's He's gotten close a couple of times. He's had uh, seasons of 1,035 yards, 1,006 yards, and 1,001 yards. So he gets there, but man, he, he cuts it close, this guy. Um, anyways, and I think to me, this just ultimately shows that like this team is probably lacking in direction a little bit in terms of they're, they're going to have an opportunity to sell off some pieces, and it's going to be tough for them to turn that down, I think, because they do have a lot of quality players on this roster. Um, but my thinking initially when I was taking the over was I, I kind of like Baker in this Bucks offense. Uh, they got rid of Byron Leftwich, who... I've been pounding the table for three years now. It was really a poor offensive coordinator and Brady and Arians, I think deserve more, far more credit than they got for the offense having the success that it did. Um, the O-line is still a bit of a mess though. Uh, we just saw Ryan Jensen is going to be out for the year uh, and they moved Tristan Wirtz uh, to left tackle, but everything else outside of him and Robert Hainsey is just, they really, really struggled last year. Um, so, I mean, the offense could still be, you know, Mike Evans, Rashad White and Chris Godwin are all good players, but is that going to be enough when, uh, 
you know, Baker's still a bit of a question mark and the offensive line is not going to be very good. I, it, it's, it's a tough sell admittedly. Um, and the defense still has a bunch of solid players, right? I mean, Shaq Barrett is back from injury, although maybe not as effective. Um, you know, Levante David is still there doing his thing. That secondary is really good. Um, but it, it also, you know, Todd Bowles, I think it's, it's also a question of like, can he, can he coach? Can he show much more of the coach than he's already shown? Um, you know, he wasn't very good with the Jets. We saw this Bucks team took a big nosedive last year. Uh, some of it isn't his fault, you know, like he, but he did also keep Byron Leftwich and a lot of these guys on staff that caused a lot of problems. Um, so I, I think ultimately the Bucks are probably the odd team out here as I've thought about it a little bit more. Um, they, they could do some nice things, but I'm a little skeptical now. And then we have the Panthers at seven and a half. Uh, and I took you over there, but I'm thinking again, like eight wins for these guys, maybe seven. Um, the O-line in theory should be good. Um, they really struggled in the preseason. They got, they got Bryce Young killed a couple times there in that first game. But again, they should in theory be better than they've shown. And then um, I think, you know, they got just enough pieces to uh, support Bryce initially. Like, is the top end talent there? No, but Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst, these are solid players that will, you know, they'll, they'll help a young quarterback out for sure. You want to improve on those guys, but they can get the job done. Um, defense should, uh, it has some talent, but, um, you know, again, it's, uh, it's nothing spectacular, I wouldn't say. Um, you know, the defense actually, the, sorry, not the defense, the secondary is kind of interesting assuming JC Horn is still effective. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be a little bit, I think before these guys are serious contenders, they have a rookie quarterback, a new head coach. These things take some time. Uh, you know, we rarely see rookie quarterbacks that are ready to go to lead their team in the playoffs the first year. Um, and I, I've shared some concerns about Bryce young. Uh, I don't necessarily have any concerns with Bryce young, the player. I think it's more, can he stay healthy given his size and uh, relative frame? Um, I think, I think it'll be fine this year, but I don't think he's going to be good enough to, you know, make the team a serious contender or anything. But the, but with a weak division, they'll be in contention for the division title, I think, late in the season. And then we have the Saints at nine and a half. And I took the over there. Um, again, this is very low. It's like a, a 10 wins kind of over. But um, I think Derek Carr um, has some nice options on paper. Uh, I, I'm not really buying into Michael Thomas being healthy again because we've been doing this now for like three years. But Chris Olave had a really solid season last year, and I think he's in for a bit of a breakout this year. Uh, Rashid Shahid uh, showed some really nice potential in a limited sample size. Um, and then Jamal Williams is a capable running back while Alvin Kamara is suspended. Uh, the O-line should still be pretty good, I think. Uh, Juwan Johnson is an interesting guy, is like a, a red zone target, who I think Carr uh, has shown in the past. He's willing to loft some balls up for uh, big dudes that can catch the ball. Uh, so I think that's kind of interesting. And um, I, I think that the offense will be all right this year. I, th I think it'll be kind of interesting, actually. Um, you know, Derek Carr struggled a lot last year. But as I've said before, uh, Josh McDaniels runs a very complicated offensive system that he ran with Brady for a long time. And it's hard for a lot of guys to adjust to, especially in the first year. And I think that, you know, Derek Carr, obviously, I think struggled a lot with that uh, cohesion in the offense overall. So I think this will be a little bit different. And I do think he's better than Andy Dalton at this point in his career. So I think the offense could be pretty good or, or just good. But that's fine. And then uh, you know, I still think the defense should be pretty good. Um, you can worry a little bit about the pass rush outside of Cam Jordan. I think that's a very legitimate criticism. But, I mean, this defense is still full of a lot of really good players. Isaiah Foskey is a second-round pick. could show something. Um, you know, maybe Tyron Matthew and Marshawn Lattimore, you know, take or step slow, maybe. But I, I, I think they'll ultimately they'll still be pretty good. Um, the, the other question for them, too, and it's a little tough for me to be in on the saints necessarily is, is can Dennis Allen coach? Because again, just consistently, he has not really shown a, 
success at, at the NFL level as a coach in either his previous stop with uh, the Raiders or here with the Saints. But I think this team is good on paper. They've got a lot of stuff going for them. And in a weak division, I think they should have enough to take them to the top of the division. And then the Falcons at seven and a half. Uh, I took the over, but I crossed it out and I put the under in. Uh, the defense added a lot of uh, veteran talent, which they did not have before in uh, Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, um, Brandon Ellis, and uh, Jesse Bates. Did I say Brandon Ellis? I meant Caden Ellis. Um, like they, they, that defense was holy cow terrible last year, and they've added a couple guys. Uh, Bud Dupree also. I'm not. I'm not giving. I'm not trying to sell you on Bud Dupree. But um, they have guys that can play defense now, uh, which they did not last year, other than like Grady Jarrett and A.J. Terrell. But their corner depth is still really rough. Uh, A.J. Terrell is a very good cornerback, but outside of him, they're starting Jeff Okuda, who's already hurt and has struggled in the past. So that's just really bad. Um, That's not going to cut it. And uh, offensively, um, they should be able to run the ball well. Uh, I mean, they did last year, even with, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota struggling a lot of times to get the ball downfield. But... Can Desmond Ritter throw a football? Uh, eh. I I don't know. Uh, it didn't really look like it in the limited sample size that he played. Um, again, they're going to be able to run the ball because and he can run a very run heavy offense. I mean, we saw him do it at Cincinnati a lot, but he really he really struggled with making dynamic, effective passing plays uh, in the the five was it four or five games that he played. Um, so I, uh, I, I just wouldn't get super excited about that. They also, um, you know, I think Drake London is a good player. I think that, uh, Kyle Pitts can be utilized and be a good player, but outside of that, they don't really have a ton of explosive pieces on offense, even if they wanted to, you know, help improve uh, the passing game a little bit. I mean, they're starting Mac Hollins and Scotty Miller who Mac Hollins did some great things or he did some nice things for the Raiders last year, but you know, he was basically the number four option for them. I wouldn't say he was, you know, consistently getting a ton of attention. Now you're asking him to be the wide receiver too. It's a lot to ask. Um, and the O-line I think is, uh, it's better. Um, but it's still, they, you know, they've struggled a little bit at times. Um, I'm not, I'm not very high on the Falcons this year either. Again, I think they're going to be a very middling, like below average football team. And then last but not least, God, we're almost there. I, I just get exhausted. My, my voice talking throughout this whole thing, but uh, we got the NFC West, uh, the 49ers at 11 and a half. And I took the over. Um, I'm a little worried about Purdy's elbow and some regression. You know, people get more tape on Brock Purdy and, um, you know, what, uh, what his capabilities are, what he likes, uh, what he, what he's not good at. Um, but you know, this is still a really strong roster in what I think is ultimately a very weak division. And, you know, Shanahan, even if, you know, Purdy's not as good as he was, we have seen Kyle Shanahan make very capable offense out of subpar quarterbacks. Um, so I'm not really worried. I don't, I, th- I think he'll be fine in the regular season at the very least. Um, and I think that the uh, Javon Hargrave stand, uh, contract is just an outstanding signing for them. Uh, you know, you take a strength, which is their defensive line, and you add to it and you make it even stronger. Um, and, and that's what you do. I mean, you stack your strengths on top of your strengths. And they should still be really good. That, that defense should be awesome. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's just, it's tough to, the, the, really the only question mark is just like, can Brock Purdy, uh, maintain his level of play? That's, that's really all there is to it at this point. Um, Seahawks at eight and a half, I'm going over. I don't, I'm not really a big fan of Gino and the idea of him repeating the success that he had last year, but I just look at this team. I really like this offense. Um, you know, they've just got a really, a lot of really nice pieces in there. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the number three receiver. I think it'd be really interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, 
it's tough to see them regressing too much um, because I think the defense, um, you know, was solid last year at times and they added some really nice pieces in Bobby Wagner, Julian Love and Akella Witherspoon, I think are, you know, help shore them up even further with some, you know, higher end talent. Maybe Jamal Williams comes back and does some interesting things. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I haven't been a big Jamal, Jamal Adams fan the last couple of years, but it's hard for him to be worse than he was at times. Um, this should just be a really solid team. Um, I think that they're, they're going to be a, a playoff team this year, uh, just like last year. And then you have the Rams at seven and a half. I'm um, going the under there. Uh, they are, ju- they're just really, really young. Uh, they're, they're even younger than the Packers. They are the youngest team in the NFL. Uh, that O-line is still just not very good. Uh, Stafford is getting older and he's coming off of a very serious injury. It, it's tough for me to see them having a ton of success this year. Cooper Cup has been battling a hamstring injury and just had a setback yesterday. It's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be another long year for the Rams. They're still just trying to rebuild, but these things take time. You know, they, they, they went all in on that Super Bowl, and I think that's great. And, you know, you probably got to do that if you, have, if you have the opportunity to, but this is the price you pay for, the, you know, a lot of the moves that they made. And then last but not least, we have the Cardinals, five and a half, taking the under there. I don't really know what there is to say. I mean, this team just seems completely uninterested in winning. Um, Kyler's out for at least the first month of the season, probably longer. Um, and right now they're starting Josh Dobbs at quarterback who has been on the team for two weeks, not even. So it, this is just really tough. It's really, really tough to see this team doing much of anything this year. Um, I don't, th- I don't want to say they're the lock for the number one pick. Cause we've done this before with teams that we've just assumed are going to be the worst. And then that's not how it ends up working out, but they've just seemed very blatant from the jump that they're not interested in winning football games this year. So it's, it's hard to get past that when, you know, we, we only know so much at the start of the year. Oh, all right, there we have it. That's every single team in the NFL I devoted, I'd like to think, at least two minutes to, maybe. I hope. God, I hope so. All right, there we go. Um, so that was fun. Um, you know, if you guys agree or disagree with anything, please, you know, text me. Let me know if you have uh, comments, questions, concerns about any of my picks and what you think I should have picked. Um, and then I'll just do my overview overall. I have my playoff predictions. Um, so I'll give you my division winners. Um, in the AFC, I have the division winners being uh, the Chiefs the Bengals, the Jags, and the Bills. And uh, and then the wild card, I have the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Steelers uh, taking spots. None of that is seeding. These are just t- teams I think that are going to make the playoffs. Uh, and then in the NFC, I have the Niners, the Cowboys, the Lions, and the Saints as the division winners. And then I have the Eagles, the Seahawks, and the Commanders making the playoffs uh, as wild card teams. And then, uh, as always, I do my Super Bowl picks. Uh, and I have the Bengals making the Super Bowl. And then... You know, I had the Lions, but I'm going to cross them out. I think it's going to be the, the Cowboys. Um, I think that it'll be kind of similar to last year and that I think the NFC is going to be uh, not that strong overall. I think you're really only going to have a handful of teams competing legitimately in the playoffs. Um, and I think the 49ers and the Cowboys are going to be two of those teams um, and, and maybe the Lions too. But I, like I said, I just I think the Cowboys have a really, really good defense. Um, and I think the offense is due for a little bit of positive regression in some ways. And I like the addition of Brandon Cooks. So I'm going to go with Cowboys and then uh, Bengals. Like I said, I mean, we know that this team is capable of playing really, really good football. And I think in a year where a lot of teams are going through coordinator changes or they're trying to rebuild some of their personnel, the Bengals kept everybody and continuity is going to matter a lot. This team is really good. So Bengals versus Cowboys in the Super Bowl, And I'm going the Bengals. I think this is their year. This is a really good opportunity for them. And I, I think that they're going to be able to seize it and take advantage of it. So there you have it. Officially my prediction for your 2023 Super Bowl champion is the Cincinnati Bengals. So thank you for listening, guys. I hope this was fun. 
Uh, I will be doing a post-game pod for the Notre Dame-Tennessee State game that will be releasing Sunday night and Monday morning. So stay tuned for that. I'll see you guys then.